turn to Hebrews chapter 2, and as we look at Hebrews chapter 2, and this is just the place we're going to start, we're going to look at victory over death, and when we say the word death, for most people, you go, oh, death, and that, you know, it's sad, and sorrow, and we think about our title, but our title is victory, victory, triumph, over death. Death is separation. So we're talking about how it got, Jesus Christ has given us the victory. We have victory over death. Uh, we, don't, we, we will never be separated from God. Why? Because we have eternal life. Eternal life, we live forever with Jesus Christ. And anyone who has ever put their faith in Jesus Christ as Savior has eternal life. Death is not the end. Death does not have victory. Uh, we have victory over sin and death. In this study, we're going to talk about God's victory for us. And it's a great truth, and it, and it, really, it, it really impacts us, and we have eternal life. When you think of death, uh, sometimes the reaction is dread or sorrow and fear. And, and many people, in fact, most people, have a fear of death. And it's because it's unknown, it's sad, you know. But the truth is, death was not part of the original creation. When God created the heavens and the earth and put man on, in the garden and, and told him to take care of everything, he then said one thing. He said, do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In the day that you eat from that tree, you shall what? It literally says, dying you shall die. Dying spiritually, you will die physically. And so in reality, death is not part, was not part of the original plan. And that's why when it's all said and done and we move into the eternal kingdom, the new heavens and the new earth, there is no death, there is no separation, there is no sorrow, there is no tears. And that's what we see. So in order to realize this, we, we need some, to think about some great truths from the Bible. And that is this, that death is conquered in Jesus Christ. And that there is life. He is the resurrection and the life. He is the way and the truth. And the life. And so this morning we're thinking about what Jesus Christ has done for us. And over the next three or four weeks, we'll see some things. I'm going to show you an outline in just a second. Well, let's think about this. We all have enemies. Everybody has enemies. And uh, it seems like in our lives there's always somebody that is against us or is uh, causes us problems. It could go back to the third grade when there was that bully person there that always bothered you, or somebody that hurt us on pers- purpose, somebody in business that's contrary. I mean, there's just something about it. But the truth is this. We say, well, you know, we've all got different enemies. But the truth is we all have one enemy that's in common, and that enemy is death. The Bible actually says that death is the last enemy. And so we know that God's word, it says it's appointed for man once to what? They might know it's appointed for man once to what? To die, and after that, the judgment. And so when we think about death, it is appointed for people to die. Now, when you think through the Bible, the best we can tell, there's only two people so far, two people who did not die physically. One is who? Anybody know? Enoch. Enoch or Enoch. Enoch walked with God, and it was not God took him. He didn't die physically. And then who's the other one? Anybody know? Elijah, Elijah, flaming chariot, came down, picked him up, and took him away, and left Elisha to take care of everything. Now, there's a great truth from the Scripture that there's going to be a generation, an entire generation of believers who will not see death. Now, we, we, all, we hope that's us, because when Jesus Christ comes in the clouds, what does it say? The dead in Christ rise first, then we who are alive and remain will be what? Caught up together. We'll be changed in a moment in a twinkle of an eye. So there's a whole generation and we're hoping it would be our generation. There's a whole generation that knows one of these days Jesus Christ is going to come in the clouds and we will never die physically. But when we talk about death, there's, there is this aspect of fear. And, and if you want to look at Hebrews, I also put it up here. Uh, Hebrews 2, 14 and 15 says, Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he, Jesus Christ, became, he basically saying Jesus Christ became a human being. And that through death... 
he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that's the devil, and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. There's a fear connected with death. And when we start saying death, even those of us who know Christ as Savior, and we know that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, when you say you're going to die or there's death, you still have this, well, yeah, wow, I don't know. I mean, that's, it's just a fear connected with it. Well, but we don't have to because we have eternal life. We don't have death. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, and we're not separated. It says that right now, he'll never leave us or forsake us, so he's with us now. But to be absent from this body is to be what? Present with the Lord. So there's never going to be a time that we're not with him. We view death differently than unbelievers. Let me show you something. If you can, flip a couple of pages in your Bible toward the front to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Just 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And just want you to see just a couple of verses, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And it talks about us. It talks about grieving. It talks about death. And even as believers, we grieve. When a loved one dies, we, we are sad, we're hurt, uh, it, it, we're missing that person. But notice First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 says, But we don't want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who sleep, so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. Now, we don't grieve in the same way. When an unbeliever or somebody dies, people go, I don't know what happened. Are they going to hell? What's going to happen to them? But we don't grieve in that way. We grieve because we miss them, but we know where they are. In fact, he goes on in the passage in verses 14 through 18 to say that Jesus Christ is going to come and the dead and Christ will rise first and we heard alive, we caught up together and what will meet the Lord in the air and we'll always be with the Lord. And then he ends it there by saying, therefore comfort one another with these words. Death is not the end for us. And we say, no, it's not. And so death for a believer is different because we don't grieve as those who have no hope because they don't have the hope of eternal life. They're going to be separated from God. We have the hope of eternal life. And when we use hope in the Bible way, it doesn't mean like I, I hope we get to go to the game. The word hope in the Bible, elpos is the Greek word. It means an eager anticipation. It's not a doubt about it at all. It's not I hope I get to go to the game. I don't know if we will or not. It's I hope I go to the game because I'm going to the game and I'm excited and I'm eagerly anticipating getting to go. Well, we have the hope of eternal life. So let me raise some questions just to think about. Why does God allow death? What does the Bible tell us about death and life after death? What happens when a person dies? And is there more than one kind of death in the Bible? And so there's so much, and our goal is that we'd be encouraged as we look at this and think about the fact that we have victory in Jesus Christ. So let me give you an outline of what we're going to do. It's not going to take but three or four weeks to go through this, but I just want you to see an outline. We're going to start this morning with the introduction, fear about fear and unknown about death, but the victory we have in Jesus. And then we're going to get started by looking at a definition of death, and that's about all that we're going to get this morning. And then we're going to see what, where did death come from? Why did God allow death? Why, what is death? And then we're going to look at the kinds of death in the Bible, and there are four different kinds spiritual death, physical death, eternal death, which is sometimes called the second death, and temporal death. And we'll talk about what that is. And then as we continue on, we're going to look at God's provision for death, spiritual death, 
physical death, eternal death, and temporal death? What's his provision so that we don't have to be separated? Because that's what death is, it's separation. And then what we'll do is we'll take a look at what happens, life after death. What, ha- what about believers? What about unbelievers? How does all that happen? And then we'll put it together as a summary. So that's going to be the study for about the next two to three to four weeks. It may take us four weeks to go through this, but I just think it'd be pretty interesting to look at it. So let's start with our introduction. And our introduction is fear and unknown. That's the whole idea. And when you think about death, there's fear, there's unknown, there's, you know, as we begin, many people, they're, they're afraid of death. In fact, there are a lot of people who won't make out of what? They won't make out their will. You know why they think if you make out your will, you're going to die. So, you know, don't make out the will and tell what's going to happen when I die and where I want my stuff to go. Because if I don't make out my will, maybe I won't die. But the truth is, you're going to die. I might as well make out a will. Why not tell where it's going to go? In fact, call your family in before you die and read the will so that they won't be mad at you afterwards. Let them be mad at you while you're alive. And, and you say, well, Sally gets everything and John, you don't get anything. Sorry. I'm, you know, but uh, anyway, those kind of things. So make out a will. And some think that, you know, you'll die. Death is so unknown. But when we read the Bible, it talks about we're born and we die. And it's some questions like, do, do people, and here's people raise these questions, do people go to hell? Do people go to heaven? Is death the end? It's so unknown for so many people. What happens when, when they die? Do they wake up in heaven? Do they wake up in hell? Is death some kind of sleep? Because you hear some people say, oh, no, no. When you die, you're just like you go to sleep and you're sleeping and you don't know anything until God does something else. Well, the Bible uses the word sleep for death, but it doesn't mean you're asleep. That's just the way, and it's really more talking about the body rather than the soul and the spirit. Because the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. You're not sleeping, okay? You're not sleeping. And so that, that, what, what happens? So we can go to the Bible. We can see what the Bible says for the issues, the answers. The Bible gives a lot of information concerning it. We don't have to fear death because of the victory that we have in Jesus Christ. Because he tells us about the life after death and what we get. As we deal, my subject, uh, as we deal with the subject, my prayer is this, that we'll be comforted. Because we all, at sometimes or another, experience death in our lives, whether it's a loved one or it's a friend. It's somebody maybe we didn't even know very well, but something happened to them. Uh, and, and, and we say, well, you know, it just, it sort of just ended, or that's what it seems like it's ended. But it doesn't just end. There is no ending, you know, and we'll talk more about it. So let's talk for just a second uh, about the victory that we have in Jesus Christ. That's how I wanted to start this off because if you just talk about death and talk about even the four kinds of deaths and everything, you can get sad because you think, what about it? But we have victory. We have victory over death because of Jesus Christ. There's, remember the old song, Victory in Jesus? You know, and, and that was a great, a great song. God has provided a way that we have victory over death. I want you to turn, and I've got some of the verses up here, and if you want to, but it'd be good if you could just flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, as you're turning to 1 Corinthians 15, and, and be toward the end, it's about 54, 55, 56, those verses. But I want you to understand something, that 1 Corinthians 15 is called the resurrection chapter. When you look at the, the letter of the Corinthians, they, they were, if you talk about a church that were having all kind of troubles... I mean, we think we read the Bible and we think about the churches that are listed, the church at Corinth, the church at Ephesus, the church uh, you know, at Philippi. We say, oh, those are all great churches. But the truth is, the church at Corinth was a, was a wild church. I mean, they, they had division. Uh, they were getting drunk at the Lord's Supper. They were having illicit sex in the church. Uh, they were misusing spiritual gifts. There were even some people in the church that had rejected the fact that there'd be resurrection. 
They were believers, but they said, well, we don't even think there'll be resurrection. So when Paul writes the letter, if you notice, if you go down and you start all the way back to the very first chapter, he starts talking about the division. And he says, you can't have divisions there. You can't do this. And he talks about Lord's Supper in 1 Corinthians 11. He talks about resurrection in in 15. He talks about spiritual gifts in 12, 13, and 14. So he goes through all of these issues. Well, one of the issues is resurrection. And so he then says, Christ is raised from the dead and given us victory. And so toward the very end, look what he says in verse 54. I put it up here as well. He says, when this perishable will have put on imperishable. He's talking about the body. When our body, which is perishable, which wears out, will put on imperishable, won't wear out. And this old mortal, this part of it will put on immortality. Then will come about the saying that is written, death is swallowed up. In victory. You know, the title of our study is called Victory Over Death. Death is swallowed up in victory. Death is defeated. The next verse says, O death, where is your victory? The answer is there's not one. O death, where is your sting? There's not one. It's over. It's over. There is no victory in death. Death has been defeated. Where? And you look down at verse 57. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Victory of what? Victory of what? Victory over death. Jesus Christ is the one who died and rose again. He's the one who gives victory over death. You got a question? Or did something? Did we type something wrong? You looking like like I had something wrong there, so I just want to make sure we were right. So, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The victory over death comes through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Now, why is that? Now, I want you to understand an incredible truth. He died to pay for sin. He rose to conquer death. Now, let me, let me throw something out to you. Death is not the end for any human being. We're talking about our victory over sin and death and that we have eternal life and we get to be with Jesus Christ forever. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he paid for the sins of the entire world. First John 2, 2, he's the satisfactory payment not for our sins only, but for the sins of the entire world. So when we talk about that, Jesus died to pay for every sin for every human being. The payment for sin does not save people. I know that sounds weird. He came to the earth and died on the cross to pay for sin. We're not saved. It doesn't say God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whosoever has the payment of sin will not perish but have eternal life. It doesn't say that. What saves people? Faith. You have to believe. Believing in Jesus Christ and you have eternal life. So he died to pay for the sin of every human being. And he rose from the dead to conquer death for every human being. Every human being is going to be raised from the dead. Every human being. Their bodies will be raised from the dead. We already know that for a believer to be absent from the body is to be with the Lord. And one day he's going to raise that body up and we're going to come back together. And the people who believed in Jesus Christ will live forever with who? Jesus Christ. An unbeliever has Jesus Christ conquered death. Has Jesus Christ conquered the death of an unbeliever? The answer is yes. And every unbeliever will be raised from the dead to stand before Jesus Christ. It's called the great white throne judgment. If their names are not found written in the book of life, and they're not, they are cast where? Into the lake of fire. They will exist forever. Now let me say, Jesus Christ has conquered death, so every human being will be raised from the dead to exist forever. Some will live forever. It's called eternal life with Jesus Christ. Some will die forever. It's called the second death. We'll talk about it in a couple of weeks. They will, live, they will exist forever and die forever separated from Jesus Christ. That's what you got to understand. Jesus Christ conquered death for everyone. 
And it's, it's a powerful truth. And that's why when you go out and you talk to people, you can tell people that Jesus died on the cross to pay for their sin and rose again to conquer death. And they can have what? Eternal life when they trust Christ as their Savior to give them eternal life. Now, some people say that, well, if you have the payment for sin, then why don't you go to heaven? Because the payment for sin doesn't save people. Let me ask you this question. Were, were anybody saved in the Old Testament? Uh, would they be bunches? I mean, you think Adam and Eve were saved? You think Noah was saved? You think Abraham was saved? And Isaac and Jacob and Joseph? Do you think Moses was saved? Do you think David was saved? Do you think Solomon was saved? Do you think Jonathan was saved? Do you think Daniel was saved? We'd say, yeah. How many of those people in the Old Testament had the payment for sin? None. But how were they saved? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Salvation is by faith, not the payment for sin. So all of those people in the Old Testament, they did not have payment for sin, but they were saved by faith. How about the New Testament? All these people in this world, how many of them have the payment for sin? Every one of them. How many of them are saved? Only those who believe. So, it, so when people say to you, well, if you have the payment for sin, that saves you. No, it doesn't. Faith saves. By grace, you are saved through faith. So just remember that. And that's where some people are confused. And when you start talking about what Jesus did, we have the greatest message. He died on the cross to pay for everybody's sins. He rose from the grave to conquer death for everybody. And everybody is, everybody is either going to put their faith in Christ and have eternal life and be with him forever or reject Jesus Christ and have the second death and live separately from him forever. And that's called the lake of fire. We'll talk more about that. But I just want you to see that. Because that's why it says, Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, death, where is your victory? Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The victory over death is not just for believers. It's for every human being. The payment for sin is not just for believers. It is for every human being. So in Adam all die. In Christ, what? All are made alive. As we think about it, we've trusted in Christ as Savior. We have eternal life. See, that's the difference. They don't have eternal life. They haven't trusted in Christ. They are going to exist forever, but they don't have eternal life. We have eternal life. And you know what this says over here? It says, but in all things, we're overwhelmingly conquered through him who loved us. For we're convinced that whether neither what? Death, nor life, nor angels, nor nothing can separate us. Now, the reason I put that first part of that verse is because death cannot separate us. That's why it's so amazing. Now, there's one other verse, and, and you don't have to turn there, but I think I have the verse here. I do. 2 Timothy 1.10. Look what this says. It's talking about salvation, and Jesus says, but now our salvation has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who did what? What did he do? Abolish death and brought what? Life and immortality to light through the gospel. The gospel is the death and resurrection of Christ. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid for sin. When he rose again, he conquered death. And so he's, he's highlighting the fact that our Savior, Jesus Christ, abolished death and brought life and immortality. I think on your handout, I think it's wrong there. I've I, I not looked at it, but it's been a while. I think at the very back where it says 2 Timothy uh, 1.10, it's Jesus did two things. It says abolish death and brought life and, it should say immortality, not life and death. They brought life and immortality. And that's t to every human being. Now, he's highlighting this to Christians. Because for us, we say, yeah, we got life and immortality. We're living forever. We, we got it. We got it. Immortality, uh, it will every human being be immortal? The answer is yes. Yeah. 
That's why when people say they're cast into the lake of fire, they're not annihilated. See, there's, there's teaching. There's people who teach that people who don't believe in Jesus Christ will, when they die, they're annihilated. They cease to exist. Does the Bible teach that? Can you find anywhere in the Bible where it says when a person dies, they cease to exist? No. In fact, when a person dies, uh, and we're going to talk about this in the next couple of weeks, where, where does a person go when they die? Where does a believer go when they die? Their body goes in the ground and their soul and spirit goes where? To, to, where? To be with Jesus. What about an unbeliever? Where does their body go? In the ground. Where does their, they don't have a spirit, where does their soul go? Hmm? A resting place? I don't think they call it resting place, but <laughs> it is a place. It's called the heart of the earth. It's called Hades, the Old Testament called Sheol. Uh, it's called torments. It's found in Luke chapter 16. We'll be talking about that in the next week or two, especially when we get to that last one where it says unbelievers and believers, where do they go? What happens to them? So Jesus Christ has bought victory. Now, let's finish up and we'll go pretty quickly through this. Let's look at this. He abolished death and brought life and immortality. So it's so beautiful. So let's think about death for a second. Now let's think about the definition. Biblically, death means separation. That's what it means. The, how it's used in the Bible is that if something dies, it's separated. If you die physically, your soul and spirit is separated from your what? From your body. If you come into the world and you're called spiritually dead, that means you are separated from who? From God. It is. And there's a spiritual death. There's a physical death. There is an eternal death. There is a temporal death. And we're going to see all of those as we go through it and see how that fits together. Some think, as I mentioned a while ago, some think death is annihilation. No. No, death is not the end. In fact, because Jesus' death and resurrection, death is not the end. And we'll see a lot more about that. So let me give you some applications before we break for our grow groups. The first, first one is this. Let's understand that death is separation. Let's understand what it is. Because a lot of people don't know what death is. It's separation of the soul and spirit from the body. There's a physical death. There's a spiritual death. Those kind of things. It, it's really not the end, but a beginning of being somewhere else. For us, when you die, to be absent from the body is present with the Lord. By the way, the Greek there, present with the Lord, actually is face-to-face. It's the idea that, and I, I really think this, that when a person dies, I think the first, if, as a believer, what they see moment they can see is Jesus Christ. Because it says to be absent from the body is to be face-to-face with the Lord. So I think there's really great comfort to know when a, when a loved one dies, the first thing they're seeing is our Savior, Jesus. So it's not the end, but the beginning is somewhere else. The second application is let's thank God for the victory over sin and death. Think about this. Jesus died and rose again to give us victory over death. He died to pay for sin. He rose to conquer death. We talk about this all the time. When, when people, when I, when I first started get, getting to be a pastor and to teach, I would, we would talk about the gospel, and the gospel was the death and resurrection of Christ. But what I found is that most people didn't understand that. If you told and said, what's the gospel? They'd say, Jesus died for you. And I'd say, yeah, it, yeah, what else? No, that's Jesus came to the earth and died on the cross to pay for our sins. That's, a, that's right. So half of, they only were talking about half the gospel. So when you go to 1 Corinthians 15, he says, For I delivered you first supports and for I also received that Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture that he buried, and he what? Rose again on the third day. The gospel message is the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so, so many people that we talk to, they leave out the, the resurrection part. 
And so we know that Jesus died and rose again, died to pay for sin, rose again to give us the victory over death. And then second, let's realize we don't have to be afraid of death. I know it's scary. It's, I think the real reason it's scary, even for Christians, because it's sort of an unknown. It's, we've never experienced that before. We know what we believe. We know what the Bible teaches us. We know that God never lies. We know that his promises are true. We know that he says, I give you eternal life and you shall never perish. We know the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We know all that's true, and yet when it's coming time, we say to ourselves, yeah, I, yeah, I hope it's true. <laughs> I mean, you know, and we do. And it's sort of like where Jesus would say, you mean you hope it's true? Well, I believe. Help my unbelief, you know, and it's true. So it, that we don't have to be afraid of death. Well, first, because death's not the end. I remember, I've got just a second. I remember when I was about 10 years old one time, and I was in Meridian, Mississippi, and I was in my front yard. I can remember this this exact moment. I was in my front yard. We never went to church. I didn't I didn't really believe anything about anything. I thought that it might be a God. And this is even before I'd got to the point where I'd say there must be a God and that if, he's, if there's a God, you're gonna, you can better be good. That's what I used to think. You better be good so that you, when you stand before God, he'll say you're good enough to get in. This is even before that. And I remember in my yard, one day it hit me. It was just standing there. It was in the summer. I can still remember. And I, it, something hit me about dying. And I thought, what happens when, when you die? And then I thought, when you die, you, that's the end. And then you won't, you won't, even, you won't be here. And I thought, well, what, wait a minute, I, I don't want to die. I don't want to not be here. I, 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 I want to think. I want to, I want to live. I, and I remember it was a, it was like a really scary thought to think one day you would die and you would cease to exist. It'd be all over. You, it was as if you never existed. Now that's wrong. And I think there's so many people, since they don't know what the Scripture says, that they have a fear that what's going to happen to you when you die? Do you just, all of a sudden, you, it's like you go to sleep and you never wake up, and that, that's all there is? Or is there more to it than that? Well, we know we don't have to fear death, because to be absent from the body is present with the Lord. It ceased to exist. It'd be all over. You, it was as if you never existed. Now, that's wrong. And I think there's so many people, since they don't know what the Scripture says, that they have a fear that what's going to happen to you when you die? Do you just, all of a sudden, you, it's like you go to sleep and you never wake up, and that, that's all there is? Or is there more to it than that? Well, we know we don't have to fear death, because to be absent from the body is present with the Lord.